Hi friends, good morning, or actually good afternoon because it's about 3 o'clock for me today. I want to welcome everyone to episode 5 of Think Thought Let's Talk podcast. Today's episode is going to be on a topic that can be very controversial, um, but also is very popular in today's society as of right now, um, which is mental health. And I just feel really led to talking about mental health and at least my own personal journey of mental health because I'm going to be honest, today is a little rough for me. Um, Today is Tuesday and Tuesdays are currently my days off of work. Um, I, for those who don't know, I work in the mental health industry. I work at a counseling center. Um, I am not a counselor, but I am the administrative assistant and still makes me a very vital role in the mental health field because, um, me and my front office team, we like to call ourselves the frontliners, um, because we are the faces that people see when they first come in. We're the people that answer the phones um, when people call in to get scheduled to see their counselors. And we essentially hear all the situations and circumstances that people are in before the counselors even hear their stories. Um, and don't get me wrong. I love where I work. Um, It is very draining. But even on my days off, I don't, for my own personal mental health, I don't ever feel like I can enjoy my days off or relax. Um, And I know that essentially stems from my childhood just because growing up, my mom was... A social butterfly. Um, she loved talking to people and becoming friends with people in five minutes. Uh, she worked in the serving industry, um, or she still does, maybe. Um, but I always remember her when I would go visit her at whatever restaurant she was working at at the time. Um, she like I would just be observing her and she would literally be Facebook friends with her friend with her tables sorry my words are all over the place today she would be Facebook friends with her customers by the end of their meal like they would know our entire life stories and Um, be friends with my mom on Facebook by the time they were done with their meal, which I always just was like, that's really impressive. But at the same time, it would be very annoying um, because she would point me out and like, you know, the next couple tables over and be like, this is my daughter. But yeah, so um, growing up, my mom was always, she was a social butterfly. She was always on the go always, always on the go, go, go. There was never a day that we weren't running errands or doing something. Um, 
I think my mom had a little bit of ADHD. Um, She was never diagnosed with it, but pretty positive. She had some because she had like restless leg syndrome and she would always be talking like a million miles a minute. Um, So yeah, so I really feel like that really stems why I can't ever enjoy my days off because when I sit down or lay on the couch for five minutes, I feel absolutely lazy and it just makes me feel really bad about myself. Um, my poor husband probably, it probably drives him nuts because on the weekends he works, you know, Monday through Friday from like 5 a.m. until about three, um, every single day. Monday through Friday, and when on the weekends, I'm like, let's go do something, let's go do something, but it also is because, like, I just never really see him during the week, and when, you know, when we do see each other, it's at night, and it's like, like, I come home after I get home from work, we eat dinner, watch a couple episodes of whatever show we're binge-watching, and then we go to bed, so on the weekends, I, he probably just wants to, like, lay on the couch all day long, on Saturdays and Sundays, but I'm always like, let's go do something. Let's go hang out with these people or let's, you know, go do whatever. Um, and so, especially on my days off, like when I'm here by myself and he's at work, I like Tuesdays are always packed in my planner because I just feel the need to pack in my days off with things to do, whether it's grocery shopping or you fold a load of laundry or record a podcast or write a blog or, you know, do things that I enjoy that's like out doing stuff, but that isn't necessarily healthy. So, um, I don't really know where I was going with all of that, but Today's episode is about mental health and I'm just going to talk about like my journey of mental health, which I think in today's society, we as a society have been very open about talking about our mental health issues, advocating for mental health. Um, you know, it's like self-care this, self-care that, it's very important. Like I go to a therapist, you should too. Um, like I suffer from blank. And so everyone's very open about, um, going to counseling or talking about their mental health issues, which is great. But sometimes I personally believe that it doesn't come from a health, healthy place. Um, some people, take it as like I suffer from this and they use it as like an identity which that's not what mental health is all about and that's not how it should be used um mental health is a very scary thing like if you um you know suffer from things it's it can be a very scary place to be um It's a very lonely place to be regardless of, you know, the issues that you do suffer with. But it is very important to always take steps into helping your mental health, whether it's having that safe place, talking to somebody, whether it's a counselor or a friend, you know, doing your research, you know, taking like self-care, 
Um, back to my days off, I don't find rest in my days off. I have a very hard time finding rest in general because I always have so much going on in my head. I always try and pack things into my day. So I physically have so much going on, which, you know, is my own personal doing, but, you know, doesn't make it any less valid. Um, I... So right now in this season of life and really the past, you know, year or so, um, I had a lot going on last year. Like I was a college graduate. I moved from Wisconsin back to Tennessee. I got married and then just a few months later, we found out that we had a baby on the way. Um, And so life feels like it's always moving very fast for me and I didn't really have the best upbringing I um my dad was never in the picture um my parents weren't here let me start over my parents were never married um they always told me growing up that they were like best friends but they couldn't live under the same roof together I do know that my parents always said, like, if we had, like, a duplex or, like, a two-level house, like, where my mom lived on the main floor and then my dad was, like, a hermit and lived in the basement, they could do it that way, but they could never, like, live on the same level together just because my mom was very extroverted, very social butterfly, um, always life of the party, could talk to anybody, be friends in five minutes. And my dad was very like cool, calm and collected, um, very introverted. He is a very, very, very simple man. Um, he doesn't have a phone. He doesn't, well, he does have a phone now, but he has learned over the years. That's the best way to communicate with me because I wasn't always in the same state. Um, and so he has a phone, but it's like a flip phone. (laughs) if for those who don't know what a flip phone is, I'm just kidding. Um, so he has a flip phone. He doesn't own a car. He doesn't have a bank account. Um, kind of sounds like he's a mountain man, but he's really not. He just doesn't see the need in materialistic things and which I actually applaud him for that. I just think that's very noble and I'm like good freaking for you because I feel like I couldn't do that. I wish I could. Maybe life would be a lot simpler and it would be because his life is extremely simple. Um, But yeah, so my parents are very polar opposites. Um, With that being said, um, my parents were never married. Um, I don't really remember them ever living together. Again, I do remember one time in my childhood, my dad lived in the next apartment over to us or like across the hall, or it might have been like in the next building over. I do remember that, but it really was always my mom and I um, growing up, and so... With that also being said, um, I do remember there was, like, a different boyfriend, like, either, like, every six months to a year type of thing. Sometimes it would be multiple years, but, um, you know, it was never, like, a stable 
like honest, true, stable relationship that I could look up to. We moved around a lot. It felt like um, there was one time when I was like about seven, six or seven, we had moved from Tennessee to New Orleans. And that was a very traumatic experience because it was right around the time that Katrina hit. And we like actually moved there just a couple days or like a couple weeks before Katrina hit, which I personally don't remember too, too much about that time in my life, but I know that my mom went through a lot of very traumatic experiences in that time. Um, I know her boyfriend at the time took advantage of her, introduced her to drugs, um, and he was the whole reason why um, she was introduced to, like, crack and cocaine. Um, He was extremely abusive. I remember we lived in this, like, old house and I had a dog named Boo and I had a Tinkerbell room and my bed was on like milk crates and I remember like he would be gone for days on end and he would come back and be physically abusive and my mom and I had ran away from that situation which was definitely a god thing but still wasn't a great time in my life and then you know, there was another man that we lived in Chattanooga and then we moved to Murfreesboro for him. He w- There wasn't necessarily wrong, anything wrong with him. Um, I think it was mostly my mom's doing why that relationship couldn't work. Um, which, you know, I'm not going to go into all of that, but then... My mom, the day I graduated high school, moved and left to move back to Wisconsin for a quote-unquote high school sweetheart, which, come to find out, he is an abusive alcoholic, Um, and I only say that and airing all that dirty laundry out just because that relationship that they're currently still in is a major reason of why I am the way that I am in today's time just because cup like two years ago I think it, it was 2020 um it was like July 5th they had just gotten home from a fourth of July party absolutely plastered and I was up at the but crack of dawn because I was working on like a 12 page paper and they were being extremely loud and I was like hey guys like you should probably go to bed you know you've had a little bit too much to drink um and they were like yeah 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 we're gonna go to bed I'm like okay and so you know half an hour gone by they're still being loud I'm trying to work on my paper it's being very disruptive for me it's not like I can go to sleep because I need to get this paper done go back out and um I'm like hey like I thought you guys were gonna go to bed anyways one thing led to another and um my mom's boyfriend started to get physical and loud with me and I self-defended myself and neither one of them liked that um my mom blamed me for the whole situation and said boyfriend 
you know, grabbed me and told me to get out. I'm not welcome there anymore, even though I was living there. And so I grabbed my laptop, my phone, a charger, car keys, and that's it. And I went and left and cried in my car for like two hours and tried to call my best friend at the time to see if I could come over and stay at her house because I had nowhere to go. So, um, again, I don't really know why I explained all of that and aired out my own dirty laundry, but I guess I just felt led to say that testimony just to kind of background of like where my mental health issues come from. Um, I went through a lot of depression spells, um, just because life can be really lonely and you can be in a crowded room and feel like the only person there and it sucks and you can stay up all night and cry and blame yourself why things turn out the way that they do and you can blame yourself and it can go down a rabbit hole of emotions and you can lose your appetite from it. You can not sleep or you sleep too much. Um, I think the world's just really sad. Um, I don't think we have a lot of hope in the world. We do. His name is Jesus Christ. Um, at the same time, if you don't know who Jesus is, it's very hard to have that hope. And even when you do have a relationship with God, um, times like that, like, you know, he's there and like, he hears you and you like talk to him. But the only bad thing about having a relationship with Jesus is that he's not physically here to talk to. And you know, I'm not saying that for people to like not believe in him or like think like, yeah, you're right. Like, why do I even believe in him? That's not what I'm saying. Um, but when you are in a very lonely place like that, not having somebody to talk to physically is very, very hard. Um, you know, with last year me graduating and moving back and making a bunch of very big life decisions and currently now um land and i have a baby on the way we're in the process of like trying to buy a house um you know i'm six months pregnant you know my maternity leave is coming up i don't have a job where i can be home um to be with our baby even though that's what I desperately want and I believe that is in need for our baby. I can't find a remote job or a hybrid job at least. Um, and so I have been extremely anxious for the past few months. And if you know what depression feels like, anxiety kind of sucks even worse, um, at least in my opinion. Um because, you know, I don't know. Maybe people don't know. Anxiety is just very, very rough. You, 
It's like if you've ever seen the Hunger Games, those Jabber Jays that like attack Katniss in the tree um, and it makes you like hallucinate kind of reminds me of like what anxiety feels like. Um, For me, anxiety is you have all of these thoughts and all of these things that you have to do and conversations that you've had all playing in your mind at once, like all of those things happening in your mind at once. And it's very overwhelming. It's like you can't talk, like you have no room to talk. It's just like all of these things are like on your heart and on your chest or it's like pressing so hard that you can't like speak and it's very overwhelming in your head and you like start shaking and you start to see stars because it's like your brain isn't getting enough oxygen because you're just so overwhelmed with your thoughts and your feelings and when you have a little bit of depression mixed in with that it's like you can't you're like you have all of these past conversations talking to you at once. You have all of your thoughts. You're trying to come up with plans A, B, and C for all of these situations. You're like, I have to do, like, I have to find a job. I have to figure out maternity leave. I have to create a nursery. I have to, you know, help Landon pay the bills. I have to go to work. I have to, you know, it's just like all of these things all at once, all these like past conversations that you've had with friends and families happening at once, all the things that you have to do all at once. And it's just so, so overwhelming. And anxiety sucks. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to be open and honest and people are going to have their opinions. But like I, with everything that's going on in our lives right now, I had to be put on anxiety medication um, to help because I just felt like my anxiety attacks were happening more frequently, at least like once a week, maybe yeah, like I feel like they were having at least once a week. Really, to me, it most like it felt like I was having them multiple times a week, like kind of like once a day. Um, and I think when we went to my doctor's appointment for the baby, Landon was like, he didn't want me to sound. I think when you're personally suffering from it, um, it can seem a lot more frequent because you're the one who's feeling it. But I think to the outside world, Landon said I was only having them like once a week, which I don't think he was like trying to undermine my, you know, feelings or how I was feeling or anything like that. But I genuinely think when it's happening to you personally, it feels a lot more worse than it probably is to the naked eye. Um, Blaine is very supportive, you know, he, he's as supportive as he can be. So, but, um, yeah, I'm still going through it. I'm, and even like my past trauma still takes a toll on me every single day. 
Um, I don't know if it's guilt. I don't know if it's the fact that I just haven't really fully dealt with my past trauma. Um, I don't know if you heard, but in, you know, a couple of episodes, I currently don't have a relationship with my mom, um, because of that whole situation that happened in July. It took me basically my whole life to realize that she had a lot of manipulative behaviors. Um, I didn't like the decisions that she was making, her decisions were affecting me in a negative way and I felt led to make the decision to cut that relationship off um, and love and pray for her from afar. Um, I do believe that I have somewhat forgiven her but not a hundred percent because Forgiveness doesn't happen overnight. I think God is still working on my heart when it comes to her. Um, I do want to forgive her and I want to forgive her boyfriend. But at the same time, when I think about forgiveness and forgiving them, um, it's kind of my heart still holding a grudge, which is not good. But at the same time, feelings flood back into my heart and my head of panic and destruction and I just don't feel comfortable with that um I don't think if you know if you forgive someone that doesn't mean you have to you know mend a relationship with that person in my head that's what it feels like I know that's wrong but that's a journey that I have to process for myself and no one else can time that or talk about that for me because everyone's on their own journey and they process things very differently but I'm just not ready to even test the waters of having a relationship again because I'm not ready. It brings me back a lot of overwhelming fear thinking about even having a conversation with my mom. Again, um, it just brings me straight fear because in my heart of hearts, I know that nothing has changed and I'm not ready to be disappointed again. Um, And hopefully one day that will come, but if it doesn't, that's a conversation that I'll have to have with God. Um, but anyways, um, I know the previous generation from my generation, it was like the baby boomers that, um, you can't talk about your feelings, you know, if you're sad or you're angry or, you know, whatever you, you hide that in your chest and you don't talk about it. You don't talk to a counselor because people are going to think you're crazy. Um, and one of the things about mental health in today's day and age is everyone's very open about, you know, calling, you know, the hotlines and I go to a counselor at this place, third grade, or I went to a counselor in this place and it wasn't great. Or, you know, I have, mental health issues and I talk to somebody or I take medication or so I think we have come very far 
um, when it comes to talking about our mental health, which is great. Um, I have seen a couple of counselors in my life. When I was in Wisconsin, I saw a counselor and didn't necessarily feel like she was a good fit for my situation. I felt like she was pushing me to move quicker in my progress than I what I was ready for. Um, and that wasn't okay, but I currently see a counselor and she's great. Um, I haven't met with her very frequently like I should because I'm stubborn. And one of the things that I do, which is probably self-sabotage, um, is when I have a good day, I want it to be a good day. Like I don't like want anything to sabotage that. Um, and when I'm happy, I, or like when I'm happy and having a good day, I like will not, do not want to talk about anything that's going to make me sad or upset. Um, and I'm just like, no. So anytime that I had a therapy session scheduled, I was having a good day. I would like, or even the day before I would cancel it because I was in, like, I felt like I was in a good place. Okay, Maddie, like, reality check. Just because you're having a good day doesn't mean, like, three days from now it's going to still continue to be good. Like, there's still problems that need to be talked through. And so that's my problem um, because I let the smallest inconveniences just destroy me. Um. Like, now it's, I don't think it's as bad as I was, but um, at least, like, when I was in college and in high school and stuff like that, like, the littlest thing would make me weep. Like, I used to say I, I cry at the drop of a hat, which is not necessarily still wrong. Like, I think I still do cry at the drop of a hat but like not too too much I feel like I've hardened up a little bit um in college I did learn that vulnerability is a very good thing to have but unfortunately you have to wear vulnerability with caution because some people take your vulnerability and use it in a negative way. Um, like I used to also say that I wore my heart on my sleeve because I thought vulnerability was so powerful and more people should be vulnerable. And I learned very quickly that people will take that, twist that and manipulate that. And just because you are vulnerable with someone and you open up, people will take that as like, oh, you're letting the world know or you're letting that person know and they can use that against you and give their unsolicited opinion, unsolicited advice. And that's not what that was, that's not what vulnerability is about and that's not what it's for. And unfortunately, people just take advantage of that. And so I think I had to learn that the hard way and um now I'm very jaded and I'm very cautious about who I'm vulnerable with which kind of seems hypocritical because I can sound like I'm airing out all of my dirty laundry on this podcast um (laughs) 
So that makes me really overthink even publishing this episode. Sorry, this episode, but um, again, this podcast is going to have haters. It's going to have people that disagree with me. And from the get go, I've said that's completely fine um, because I know what I'm doing. I know that I'm publishing a public audio diary for the whole world to listen to. And, um, I know that's kind of just like opening the door for anyone to say anything that they want to judge me in any way that they can. Um, but at the exact same time, I will tell whoever is listening that I record these podcasts and I publish them for my own doing, for my own creative outlet, for me to have a safe place. Because luckily with Spotify, you don't have a comment board. Um, You can't hear what people are saying about you, at least from what I know. (laughs) Um, I don't know what I was just saying. Anyways, so... I don't know if people are talking bad or disagreeing with me. I mean, if you go to the Instagram page and comment and, you know, send me a hurtful DM, then I guess that's the only way, which please don't do that. But at the exact same time, it's just word of mouth. And people are going to always think what they want to think. But, you know, it's whatever. It's whatever. We live in a very opinionated world. And... I think along with mental health about people being very open about their mental health issues, you are also opening the door for people to bash you and give your opinion and all that stuff, which it's very counterintuitive. It's very hypocritical. And I guess that's like a rant for another day. People are just awful, awful people. Situations are awful mental health sucks, anxiety sucks, depression sucks, um, not being able to focus sucks, just dealing with your own crap just sucks. (laughs) Wow, this feels like a very negative thing, but I guess just like my point is what I have always said that you, What am I trying to say? I think the saying, don't judge a book by its cover, is so extremely valid. And I feel like I don't hear that enough nowadays, is that expression being used, is literally don't judge a book by its cover. You have no freaking idea what that book is about just because the cover. Like, in obviously that saying goes for people like people act a certain way because of the crap that they have been through um so when you see someone like for me example there have been people that I have met and I have judged me instantly because I have tattoos or um because I said one thing and people disagree or that like the other party disagreed with it and they just completely judge who I am like 
for those who know me knows know that all of my tattoos have very specific meanings. I mean, I have like two that like really don't have any meaning. I was just a young, reckless teenager and just wanted it. But a majority of my tattoos are biblically based. Um, and then a couple of them are about my dad. Um, but a majority of my, like, people wouldn't know that I was a Christian because I had tattoos because that was, like, a, like, a stigma or whatever it's called that, like, Christians weren't allowed to have tattoos. In my opinion, the, the Bible doesn't really say anything about having tattoos as a sin. Also, you know, all sin is equal, but also at the exact same time, it goes back to the intention of the heart. Like, God knows the intention of your heart and why you got that tattoo. I don't really think God's going to be upset with me. And this is my own personal opinion. People can disagree with this all day long. It's fine. It's whatever. But my opinion is I don't think when I get to heaven that God's going to be like, no, Maddie, you can't get into heaven because you have tattoos. No, because that's not the God that we serve. That is not who God is. God knows the intention of my heart and behind my tattoos. Um, but also, you again, going back to Don't Judge a Book by its cover, you wouldn't know what my tattoos meant unless you asked me about it. So don't automatically judge a person by their tattoos because you don't know what the meaning behind that tattoo is. It could be a freaking sunflower, and you're like, that's stupid. Like, is sunflowers your favorite flower? And they're like, no. And then you're like, well, that's stupid then. No, that could that sunflower could be a huge meaning to that person and you wouldn't know that. It could be biblically based. It could be XYZ. You don't know that until you ask. And the same thing goes with a person's like whole world. If someone's being ugly about something or they're upset about something, it's obviously I don't think people just wake up and they're like, screw the world, I hate everything. There are some people like that, don't get me wrong, but I think people, if you ever come into contact with somebody that's extremely upset about something and they flip you off in traffic or, you know, um, don't hold the door, get mad at you for not holding the door or, and they just go ballistic, it's because something had set them up to act that way. Whether it happened an hour ago in their life or it's because they had a whole childhood and a whole lifetime of just crap after crap after crap and led them to being the way that they are. I go to the Experience Community Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and Corey talks about this so much in service is that you, they invite whoever wants to come through those doors. They don't discriminate against anybody so sorry that was gross um and in any service he's like if you're a believer or not believer um you know this is how we do things if you do want to participate in like let's say taking communion but you haven't asked but you don't have a relationship with God he will ask you to take a moment to pray to Jesus to work on your heart and to ask for your forgiveness or to ask for forgiveness for your sins. 
because that's what everyone is supposed to do when they take communion is you acknowledge who Jesus is. You thank him for all the things that he's done and you ask him to enter your heart and forgive you for your sins. And then you can take the blood and, uh, you know, the bread and the juice and the bread and consume it. Like that's the whole point of communion. Um, but one of the reasons why I love the church is because anyone and everyone, you have no idea what they're going through and they are welcome into that place. And I think, I mean, it can go in so many different ways, but like, and I, I know I personally struggle with this also. So like, I'm not like pointing out somebody else's you know, plank in their eye when I have a splinter or I'm, what is the saying? Don't point out someone's splinter in their eye when you have a log in your own or, you know, whatever that saying is. I know that's biblical and for some reason I can't think of it, but I know I do this. I, I know I judge people all the time. Um, and sometimes it's very hard for me to love people that are not like me, um, or, you know, have the same beliefs and stuff like that, because we all do it. We're, we're, we all, we all do that. Um, but I think we just do it to a certain extent. I'm getting so off topic. I'm just realizing that. And that's okay. But anyways, I just think we do that so much. You just have no idea what somebody is going through and we're too quick to judge. I know another thing the Bible says is judge to not be judged or if basically if you judged, you're asking to be judged too because everyone has flaws. Everyone goes through things and we just can't be, we just can't be too quick to judge because everyone's going through something and we just need to be more cautious about that and just be more kind to people. Like even if someone is having a bad day and they cut you off in traffic and flip you off, like pray for that person that something good happens in their day or if someone gets mad at you in the line at the grocery store or whatever and they're like you're taking too long just say like you know I know there's some people that react and they're really like, and I'm like I hope you have a great day like no like genuinely mean that and like yes you're gonna be like all fired up and be like oh my gosh this person's so rude blah 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 But just taking the time and be like, hey, like, I'm sorry you're having a bad day. Like, I really do hope something good happens to you. And it can really, like, have someone react in a way of, like, okay, just because yada yada happened, like, I don't need to continue that onto somebody else. Because I think everything has... Um, like a train effect or the ripple effect so yeah um 
I'm going a little bit longer than I planned to, but <sighs> it's just what we need to do, guys. Sometimes it's just breathe. Um, so yeah, so thank, thank you so much for listening to this rant of a podcast about mental health. Um, try your best to take care of yourself. I'm such a hypocrite to say that because I could do so much better about taking care of myself, but seriously, like try and find rest on your days off. Um, find a creative outlet. Um, do something that is just like empty space in your brain. Like my doctor told me, or like my OBGYN told me to just find something that takes five to 15 minutes out of your day to just empty your mind. Um, I have been trying my hardest to do some prenatal yoga with worship music um, because I'm not Hindu or I don't believe in Hindu at Hinduism, which comes from yoga, but I think that the act of stretching in yoga poses is one, very good for the body, but two, it can be very like empty space feeling. And then I just try and meditate in worship music with doing yoga um, because I am a Christ follower and a Christ believer. So Um, I think it just kind of helps me just sit and just like bask in, you know, in my space with Jesus. Um, So yeah, so just drink some water. (laughs) I'm saying that because I'm very dehydrated right now. Drink some water, try and take care of yourself find a creative outlet or a 15 minute, um, empty spacer and be kind, do good things. And I hope you know that you have a friend in me to talk to or to lean on, talk to a counselor, find a safe space, call a hotline, um, try and have patience Because getting help and fixing an issue is not an overnight thing, unfortunately. And I hope you are doing okay. So, um, I think I'm also just saying those things out loud because I need to hear them. That you're not alone. And things do suck, but things will and do get better. So I love you to whoever's listening. And again, I hope you're doing well. You always have a friend in me and come back every Thursday, guys. Thanks. Love ya. Go do good things.